You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Hey, Amen. If you turn your Bibles to the book of 1 John chapter number 5, I'm sorry, 1 John chapter number 1 and verse number 5. 1 John chapter number 1. We're going to begin here, and I want to preach to you about a, a principle in God's Word and use a few different uh, examples in the Word of God. 1 John chapter five, chapter 1. I keep wanting to say chapter 5. I'll preach that one later. But uh, verse 5 of chapter 1. All right. And this is, yes, this is the epistle of John. So we are not talking about the gospel of John this morning. These are the epistles of John. There's 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. They're way back, way over there to the right by the book of Revelation if you're not sure where to find those. Um, but we'll be in the epistle of John this morning. Chapter 1 and verse number 5. Well, let me start with verse number 4. The Bible says, And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. You know, i got to pause right there and just say, isn't it wonderful that God wants us to have full joy? Amen. I mean, He wants us to be a joyful people. Uh, I mean, and I, I think about even the words of Christ in John chapter 10 and verse number 10, when Jesus said that the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Folks, there's, some, there's, some, there's so many lives around us to where they've had a lot of things stolen from them. They've had a lot of things robbed. There's lives around us that are on the, on the verge of destruction. And it's because of sin. But I'm telling you, God wants to rescue these people. Amen? And aren't you glad that God rescued us? Yes. And I'm glad that we've got hope for a lost and dying world. Jesus said, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy... But Jesus says this, but I am come that they might have life. Amen. I'm glad that He come to give us life, everlasting life, eternal life. But you know, He doesn't stop there in that verse in John 10, verse 10. He says, I've come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Yes. The Lord wants to give us an abundant life, a joyful life, a, a, a blessed life. And so these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Verse 5. This then is the message that we have heard of Him and declare unto you. These are some key things if we're going to be able to experience this joy that God has, this abundant life. That God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. Now, when the Bible talks about this light and darkness, I want you to understand that the, that the main reference is to that of the, the light speaks of God's holiness, the darkness speaks of sin and of evil. Uh, there are applications to the ignorance that's in the darkness as well. That, that goes along with it. But the main thing about God being light is that He is a holy God. The Bible says three things that God is in, in that reference in the New Testament. The Bible says that God is a spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. I want to emphasize that again. God is a spirit. What does that mean? 
God is not a man. He's a spirit. He's an, he's, a, he's an eternal, self-existent being. He's the great I Am. God is a spirit. <coughs> God is light. In this passage, later on in the, in the epistle of John, the Bible says, and you're familiar with this one, God is love. But in order to understand that He's a spirit and His light uh, and His love, we've got to kind of combine all three. And that's what we'll try to do in principle just over the next few moments. In Him is no darkness at all. Verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His Word is not in us. Let's pray. Father, thank You so much for these wonderful truths in the Word of God. Now God, because of our old nature, God, and it said it right here, if we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves and we're lying to ourselves. We were all born into sin, we all have a sinful nature um, that we will have until we get to heaven. Although once born again, we have a divine and a new nature, but we also have that old nature that battles and fights against uh, the Spirit of God and your work in our lives. And I just pray that you would help us to heed, to hear this message, to heed this message uh, as your people. And if there's anybody here that's not saved, God, I pray that you'll help them to address the issue of sin in their life as well. And we'll thank you for that, Lord, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to preach on this thought this morning on come to the light and get it right. Come to the light and get it right. Um, I, go back to the Garden of Eden with me just for a moment. If you'll remember, God placed a tree in the, garden of, uh, in the midst of the Garden of Eden, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and He said, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of that, that tree do not eat. Uh, is it, by the way, is that not an amazing thing? God says, you know what? There's, like a, there's a few thousand trees that I want you to get out and enjoy. But just this one, this one tree right here, this one thing, avoid that. And we, we may think badly of Eve, but I'm telling you, we see something about man there. Isn't it amazing that we would choose, that she would choose that one thing rather than just go out and enjoy uh, all these other things? Uh, but we know that Eve was deceived. It's important to understand Adam was not deceived. He, uh, he went in with his eyes wide open, understanding by disobeying God that he was going to... And when he did that, their eyes were open. They realized they were naked, uh, literally, but then they also realized, man, we just sinned against God. Does anybody remember what they did after they sinned? They went and hid. See the darkness? They went and hid. They were trying to cover it up. They were trying to hide. And we know they also sewed fig leaves together, didn't they? Um, and there's a great message in that as well. Now, God came down to the garden and He says, uh, Adam, where art thou? Now, understand something. Uh, God, uh, does, do you, ever, you have anybody in your life that just asks you rhetorical questions all the time? And you're like, are you serious or is this just a rhetorical question this time? 
Well, let me tell you something. God asked a rhetorical question because when God's asking a question, He's not trying to learn anything. He's not trying to learn anything. When He says, Adam, where art thou? He wasn't asking that so He could find out. He was asking that so Adam could find out. Where art thou? And He says, well, Lord, and He came out and He says, when we heard Your voice, we went and hid ourselves because we didn't want to sin. Basically, we didn't want to come to the light. We didn't want to come to the light. We wanted to hide. And aren't you so glad that God didn't say, I cannot believe this happened. I'm done with you, you foolish, terrible people. I'm done with you. I'm starting over with someone else. No. God says, you know what? You've come out to the light. We learned so much about that first sin. There's several things we learned. Number one, they were a little bit hesitant to confess the real truth of their sin, weren't they? In other words... Uh, the Lord looked at Adam and, and, and said, Adam, uh, uh, you, you, you sinned? And Adam says, well, yeah, Lord, but it was this woman you gave me. <laughs> then the Lord goes to Eve and says, uh, Eve, you've taken of the fruit. And she says, yeah, but it was the serpent. And we just pass the buck on down the line. Uh, that's not a wise thing to do. That is in our nature. But you know what? We need to learn to own yes. our sin. We need to learn to own our mistakes. Uh, man, we live in a gen- it's like become a, even a, a benchmark, if you will, of this generation oftentimes as they're being taught that it's always somebody else's fault. Freudian psychology has taught us uh, we're one of the few societies that has embraced that Freudian psychology, but there's so many flaws involved to it. And that is to say it's always somebody else's fault. Why am I the way I am? Why do I make the decisions? Somebody else's fault. Somebody else may have influenced that, but I believe there's a sounder psychology that says, you know what? Yeah, maybe somebody's decisions affected me adversely, but you know what? I can make the decision today to make a change in my family and in my life. I don't have to just continue that as a helpless victim saying, yep, it's my my upbringing. I have no hope or no chance anymore. Uh, That's not true. Um, But... God brought them out to the light. <coughs> By the way, there's so much in here and I'm going to try not to spend a lot of time in the Garden of Eden. I'm going to try to get back to Elk Point here in just a moment. But in the Garden of Eden, we learned something else interesting. They tried to make fig leaves. By the way, it wasn't just a fig leaf. They made aprons of fig leaves. But God said this. God said, you know what? Not good enough. And there was a sacrifice made in the Garden of Eden because He clothed them with leather, with leather skins, with clothes. He clothed them fully. And ever since the Garden of Eden, you know what man's been doing? There's been religious people in this world. Mankind is hopelessly religious. I would argue even the humanist is religious. How would you argue that? Because they set themselves up as God. Uh, Or they set uh, some belief or something else. They may not call it that, but in essence that's what it is. And boy are they devout. And boy do they have faith uh, to believe some of the things they claim to believe. but you see that, that, that coming out there because that's what man does is they sow fig leaves. They find a temporary measure. They find a man-made measure. But God says that's not good enough. It's not the work of your hands. There's a sacrifice. There's blood that must be shed. We're in the Easter season. Folks, it's about the fact that the blood was shed and He rose again the third day that that blood might be presented on the mercy seat in heaven, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews. But... The point that I'm trying to make is this, that they were in the darkness. God brought them out to the light. So we see this example over and over again. So we read these verses, and it said, it talks about if we're walking in darkness, um, we can't have fellowship with God. 
But it does say that if we say that we have no sin, uh, that we lie. So the fact of the matter is, is that we sin. We sin because we're sinners. Now, if you're here today and you have not trusted Christ as your Savior, understand this. The issue is not your sins, plural. It's really about sin, singular. And that's the sin of unbelief. That's the fact that you need to have your sin forgiven. <coughs> and you can be saved today. But I'm preaching with this. This message is directed to those that are saved. He says if we have sin, if we walk in darkness, John is saying if we as Christians live this way, say these things, you know, he's including himself. So come to the light and get it right. What do we do when we sin? As we journey through this life, as God's people, we tend to get off course. I think about the song, prone to wonder. Amen. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Um, the, word, the word iniquity that the Bible refers to as our sin, it refers to a, to a tendency. It refers to something being bent. You know, we talked about a thing. Maybe last week we'd mentioned about if you have a tree that starts growing this way, it's not just all of a sudden going to go, start growing this other way. It's bent. And that's, mankind is bent. It's iniquity. And they're bent toward sin. They're bent toward doing their own thing. They're bent uh, about bucking and fighting uh, God-given authority or, or God's authority specifically. And so... Our old nature is bent towards sin and disobedience, pride and self-will. Now, so here's the question. What do we do? The Bible says, if we say that we have no sin in verse 8, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just. So, but if we say that we have no sin, what do we do when we sin? What do we do when we sin? Amen. I guess I could just say that and us dismiss. Amen. But... but then you wouldn't get your money's worth. So I want to try to give you a little more than that. I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, uh, here's a, number one, we confess it. The Bible says there in verse number nine, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's an important principle about biblical confession though. The word confess right there, it literally means, the Greek word means to say the same thing. So true biblical confession is not just admitting that you've done wrong. We know that's a form of confession, but throughout the Bible, there's examples of people. There's the example, did you know that Pharaoh confessed his sin before God in 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 the days of the Exodus and the days of the plagues? He says, I have sinned. But you know what? He didn't repent. He didn't change anything. Um, that was a horrified confession. In other words, things were going so bad, he's like, okay, I've sinned. But he didn't change anything. There's a hypocritical confession. There was a man made named Balaam in the Bible that he wanted to serve God, but also he wanted to have the wages of sin. In other words, he was trying to do both. And he says in Numbers 22, 34, I have sinned. He confessed his sin as far as we think of confessing, but he didn't change anything. He stayed on the same path. He kept doing the same thing, just like Pharaoh. There's the half-hearted confession. King Saul kept kept back half of what was supposed to go to God. And he says, 
I have sinned because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. But he didn't change anything. In other words, all he had was an alibi. He had an excuse. True biblical confession is, yeah, I've done wrong, but I really couldn't help it. I've done wrong, but you know, it was really your fault. I've known people to do that. I, I don't know, maybe I've been guilty of that before. I've known people that have gone and tried to get something right. Somebody's offended them, done something wrong against them. And I'm like, you know what? You need to get it right. So they'll go to that person and be like, you know what? I am sorry that I did this uh, or said this to you or did this to you. So sorry I did this. But you know, you were being a real jerk. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, thanks. I mean, uh, you understand what I'm saying? It's like, it's, 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 we, we make excuses. We give alibis. There's hemmed up confessions. Uh, Achan, in the book of Joshua, chapter number 7, he says, indeed, I have sinned. But you know when he said it? He said it when he was caught. He said it when he was caught. He had opportunity. He had ample opportunity to get it right. But he confessed when he was busted. You see it with athletes sometimes, man. Uh, for whatever reason, I hate to go back this far. Some of you don't even know who Marion Jones is, but uh, she was a great, great uh, athlete, gold medalist, um, and uh, Olympic gold medalist, amazing. Uh, but she was accused of steroids like many ha- uh, you know, have uh, been, and just denied it, denied it, denied it. I mean vehemently denied it. Uh, you know, Lance Armstrong's another one that comes to mind as far as denying the use of steroids. I mean just to the point of trying to destroy other people with him. But with her, it was like, this is ridiculous. But there's always interesting things, by the way, in these things. You go, you go back and watch her denials, and they were all, somebody wrote those things out. If it was her or somebody else, but she's just reading them. I did not do this. I am blah, 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 blah. Well, then she got busted. Yeah. Then there's, no, there's proof. There's no denying it. Now guess what? Now she's tearful. Yeah. Now she's broken. And it was just a sad thing to see. She seemed like such a, a great girl, and I'm sure that she was. But, but the fact is, she, she, wasn't, she, she wasn't confessing because she did it. She's confessing because she got busted. Yeah. Kids do that sometimes, right? And that, that, that's, that's a good thing to confess, but I'm telling you, it's a half-hearted confession. It's a hemmed-up confession. There's hopeless confessions. Did you know that Judas uh, admitted to his sin? Judas said, I have sinned. So my point is just simply this. True biblical confession is not, this confession when it says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just forgive us, it's not just an admission of guilt. It's to say the same thing about our sin that God says about our sin. Amen. There's an important, there's a proverb, Proverb 28, verse 13, that really defines biblical confession. And here's what it says He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. And remember, I'm saying we need God help us come to the light, get it right. Uh, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. He that confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. What do we do with our sin? We need to confess it. We need to forsake it. We do not need to cover it. There may be people uh, listening that have buried their sin, hidden their sin. Nobody will ever know about it. But let me ask you this. How's your conscience? You know, how's your conscience? God, are, are you joyful? Do you have peace? 
Listen, you are being robbed right now. Amen. That's right. You are you are being robbed right now by trying to cover your sin. I, there's a great illustration, another biblical illustration of covering your sin in the Bible with Moses. Moses killed an Egyptian. He committed murder 40 years before God sent him back to deliver Israel. Anybody remember what he did when he, when he killed that Egyptian? He did eventually run away, but the first thing he did was buried him. But do you remember the Bible even tells us something he did before he buried him? The Bible says he looked this way. And he looked that way. And then he buried him. Now, in our looking, is anybody going to see this? Anybody see this? Nobody's going to see it. Amen. You know, you, you know, you know, it's a horrifying thing, the thing today, parents, that there's apps yes. that if you just look at your kid's phone, it looks like an innocent app, but they're designed that way. And you click on those apps, and uh, go click on your kids' apps, by the way. Amen. See if they've got get some security. Uh, uh, you know, you can get some security. I, I'd encourage you to do that. But, but you know, but this isn't just with the kids, is it? Is anybody? I don't think nobody's going to see. Isn't it funny? You know, it's not as, so, as much in, anymore, but still, people generally do most of their sinning at night. Amen. Why is there such thing as security lights? Yeah. Right? Because they, because people think twice about committing their crime when there's light shining on them. Uh, so, uh, but, but Moses looked this way. He looked that way. But beloved, there's one way he forgot to look. One direction. That's right. He forgot to look up. He forgot to look up. So you just remember that next time you're looking this way and you're looking that way. You know, I don't think anybody's going to see. I don't think anybody's going to find out. I can commit this sin. I can bury this sin. And it's all good. Let me tell you something about the devil. He's a liar. Amen. He's a liar and you will be robbed of this joy that God wants you to have, yes. this peace, this fellowship Amen. that God wants us to have. See, many of us if we're not careful, we can be living in such a way to where we know we need a change in our life. We know we need a reversal. We know we need a different direction in our life. But we keep going the same way. And we're not dealing with and we're not confessing buried sins. Amen. Don't bury your sin. I'm going to tell you something else about your sin not to do. Don't bury it. Don't try to cover it. Don't try to keep it in the dark. That's a lie of the devil. And I'm not saying that you have to broadcast it to the world, but I'll tell you this, you need to confess it to God, and if somebody else is involved, you may need to confess it to them as well. Amen. I'll tell you something else, because one thing you understand is that Satan's kingdom is a kingdom of darkness. That means if he's the kingdom, if he's the king of darkness, guess where he's got power? In the darkness. You want to know where he does not have power? In the light. In the light. Amen. Doesn't have power. Bring it in the light. Because we think we're doing ourselves a favor by covering our sin and hiding it, but I'm telling you, in all reality, we're hurting ourselves. Amen. We're hurting our families. We're hurting the potential of what God could do in our lives. Yes. Get it right. Bring it out in the open and say, Lord, I have sinned, and with your help, I want to forsake this sin. Has anybody ever done this? Lord, I need you to forgive me because I'm about to go sin. 
The, the New Testament doesn't give indulgences, folks. I mean, they, they, they don't come. I mean, you, you don't say, forgive me, I'm about to go do something wrong. Uh, that, that's not, you can say it if you want to, but it's not a very sincere approach, is it? Uh, confess and forsake our sins. Okay, so confess them, forsake them. Don't hide them. Don't cover them up. Uh, don't feel like one, one one tricky thing about sin is don't think you have uh, just don't think you have total control of your sin, Amen. or any control of your sin. So that's why there's a lot of people. I can control it. I can control it. Uh, I've got a leash on it. I've got it under control. And and. And I've given this illustration, but just bear with me and indulge me, those that have heard it before. But I, I just think it was such a great illustration of the of the lady that I saw. I mean, years ago, on a show about people that were uh, attacked by animals and whatever. But this particular woman, the thing about the animal that she was attacked by, uh, she was she was killed by a lion in her in her uh, pole barn or whatever. Why'd she have a lion in her pole barn? Because she kept it there. She collected exotic uh, cats, especially. Um, but I thought about this lady because before she was ever ultimately eaten alive by her pet, there was a, she had an opportunity to learn a lesson that she did not learn. She was literally, uh, she had a snow leopard, which sounds really awesome by the way. But she had a snow leopard, but she was taking this snow leopard for a walk and had it on a leash. But as she is walking her little pet snow leopard, she slips on the ice. She no sooner hits the ground. Do you want to guess where that snow leopard was? Going into her neck. Her, but wait a second. She had it on a leash. She had control over it. She owned the thing. She loved it. Can you imagine how this lady would have responded to the people that said, are you crazy keeping those things? Are you nuts? Can you imagine people that loved her saying, maybe her parents, someone close to her, her friends that said, please don't do this. Amen. Do you realize the danger? You can, you can imagine how she reacted. I can imagine how she reacted. You know why I can imagine how she reacted? Because I've seen myself react the same way when somebody wants to point out my sin. Yeah. I've seen people sit in the congregation and react the same way when I said, man, you never need to be careful. That thing's going to eat you alive. Yeah. Don't you, don't you pick on my snow leopard. Don't you pick on my sin. Yeah. <laughs> right? Leave it alone. I mean, it's, it's sweet. It's cuddly. It's, and yeah, maybe it's dangerous, but I've got, to, it's all, I've got it under control. But ultimately, this woman was killed, sadly, by not that snow leopard, but another one of her uh, big cats. <clears throat> But I think the point is, is clear that you, you may think you have a control over it, but really you need to confess it. You need to get it right. Uh, and, there, and I'll tell you something else too. There's a power. The Bible says that we can confess our faults one to another, not confess our sins necessarily. But you know, when I, I want to tell you something. There's something powerful in finding a close, close Christian brother or sister that you can confide in uh, to where you can say, brother, I need to talk to you. I've had this sin that I've never told anything anybody and I just need to, I've confessed it to God and I just need to get it off my chest. Yeah. Uh, now, you need to be careful with that because unfortunately, there's not a ton of people in this world that you can trust. Yes, that's right. 
Try telling somebody something sometime and you'll figure that out. We need to be trustworthy people, don't we? We need to be people that somebody tells us something and it doesn't come back again. And so, uh, but, so, so what do we do with our sin? We need to confess it. We need to forsake it. We don't need to cover it up. We don't need to protect it. We don't need to uh, think we're controlling it. We need to uh, confess it, forsake it. We need to get it right. If we confess our sins, the Bible says in verse number 9, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, and so as we consider this, what to do with our sins, we confess it and we forsake it. Now let me tell you something. I've got to really encourage you on this one. And I'm bringing to a close with one more thing after this. But what about those of you that have confessed your sins? Listen carefully, child of God. We sin. We do, God, we do opposite to what God has told us to do. We sin. The Holy Spirit of God convicts us about our sin. In godly sorrow, not none of these other face sorrows that we saw with the other rulers and different examples of the Bible, but in godly sorrow, I come to the Lord and say, oh God, I'm sorry. I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I said this. And how many of you? I can't believe I did this again. I can't believe I failed in this again. And by the way, it's not always what we do. A lot of times it's what we don't do. Amen. Hey, I want to tell you something. One of, the greatest, one of the greatest things that we can battle as maybe people that have you know, really grown in the Lord and, 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 and got away from a lot from our past life, some of the things that we can struggle with is not so much about the things that we do as about the things that we should be doing that we're not doing. Amen. But so here's the thing. Lord, I, I, I confess it. I get it right. Lord, forgive me. I'm confessing it. I'm forsaking it. Verse 9 again, if we confess our sins, what does it say He'll do? He is faithful and just to do what? Forgive us what now? Give us our sins and to cleanse us from how much unrighteousness? All. He will forgive you. He will cleanse you. So if I in that in the scenario I gave I just gave I come to God I confess it I forsake it what has God promised He will do? Forgive it, Amen. forgive it. What if I don't feel forgiven? Does that not matter? I, are, are, are we to, we're, we're to live by faith? Are we not? Not feeling? Yes, Amen. I don't feel forgiven. It does not matter if I feel forgiven. I'm forgiven. Amen. 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 See. Because I'll tell you what we do. Do you not realize we get caught in another trick? Satan, number one, he tries to deceive us and lie to us, get us into unrighteousness. But if, and when he does, we turn around and we get it right with God. He doesn't want us to, to bring it out in the light. He doesn't want us to get it right with God. But if we do, guess what he says then? You sorry, low-down person. You don't even deserve. You don't deserve to be a part of this church. You don't deserve to pray. You don't deserve to be a Christian. You don't. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Was you about to laugh when we were singing? When we all get to heaven, were you about to to, to say thank you, Lord? Well, you can't do that. You're sorry, low down. What you've done, you're no good. And we listen to that garbage. We listen to that garbage. We believe Satan's next lie. Yeah. Here we are, forgiven. Here we are. God has cleansed us. 
Here we are. God is like, all right, wonderful. Let's walk together. I got a big old bucket of uh, blessings. I'm just ready to pour on you. Let's just get up and keep going. Man, I've still got stuff for you to do. I've got a purpose and a plan for your life. And here we are. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. I can't believe. Yeah, yeah, okay. You've already said you're sorry. Come on. Have some faith. So whether I feel it or not, you know what my response needs to be? When the devil says, how dare you? Who do you think you are? I'll say, I'll tell you who I think I am. I'll tell you who I know I am. I'm just an old sinner. Amen. Amen. But hallelujah, I'm a child of God. Amen. I've been Amen. saved by grace. So I'm just going to say, woo! Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I've been forgiven. Amen. I'm God's child. I'm cleansed. I'm yes. forgiven. Well, man, uh, how do you feel that way? Oh, I'm not worried about how I feel. I'm telling you about what the facts are. Amen. Amen. Do, do, don't you dare allow God, uh, or allow Satan, I should say, to rob you of your joy. You confessed and forsaken your sins. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Get up! Go on! The Bible says a good man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Amen. <coughs> Get up and go again. Amen? Please. That's a great, that's a whole message in and of itself. Yes. But I want to close with this. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His Word is not in us. I want to tell you one more thing about what we do with our sin. We confess it. We forsake it. And lastly, as we all stand here this morning, we avoid it. Yes, that's right. Avoid it. Miss Sonia, if you'd come play softly on the piano. Avoid it. Let's go back to the Garden of Eden one more time. You ever asked yourself this question? Eve, could you not have been hanging out by a different tree? Ever thought of that? Amen. What is she doing camping under that tree for shade? Huh? Avoid it. Amen. If she would have been halfway across the garden somewhere, it would have been a whole lot. See, because there's temptation and then there's opportunity. We're going to face temptation. Yes. That's right. It's dangerous when temptation and opportunity meet, intersect. But God help us if we're the ones that are making it intersect. Avoid it. Avoid it. Proverbs chapter 4, the Bible says this, Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by, turn from it, and pass away. Avoid it. Do you know the Bible says flee fornication in 1 Corinthians 6, 18? Joseph in the book of Genesis was put into a situation to where the wife of Potiphar, an Egyptian official, got eyes for him. Tried to seduce him. She finally got him alone. You know what Joseph did? He didn't say, I'm going to be a strong Christian here. I can do it. You know what he did? He high-tailed it and ran. Amen. To put it in a theological way, he got out of Dodge. That's not theological, but he, he got away from it. He, he avoided it. Amen? Amen? I don't know what your need is this morning, but there's help. You say, why are people coming forward? They're just get, 
They're responding to the message. They're getting some help. I hope there's some people that are saying, you know what, Lord? You've forgiven me, and I want to start acting like it. I'm going to quit acting like you haven't forgiven me when you said you have forgiven me. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to praise you for forgiving me. I'm going, to re- I'm going to have my joy restored because you've forgiven me. There's some that we may need to confess our sin. Bring it out in the light. Get it out of the darkness. And if you're here today and you do not know Christ as Savior, He will save you today. Amen.